there were so many roadblocks in my life up till then where I was like, I want to make things, but I don't have the resources. And it finally was just this like, just start mentality that got things moving the most. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making Ways. I'm your host, Rob Goodman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast all about the unexpected paths to a creative career. This week, we're talking to Tyler Hurd, a virtual reality animator here in the Bay Area. We're going to learn all about Tyler's path as a young kid who loved animation and kind of fell in love with it after watching Toy Story, his work as a video game designer working for Double Fine here in San Francisco, his move to New York and then back, and some of the challenges that he had trying to break into the music video industry, and ultimately the breakthroughs that got him to where he is today, an acclaimed virtual reality animator who's done interactive music video experiences for Future Islands with Old Friend and recently released Chocolate, which is an interactive experience that uh, I got to try out this week and absolutely loved and brought a huge grin to my face. So I'm really excited to bring you Tyler's story. I think you're going to learn a lot, and we had a great time chatting. Before we get started, I want to tell you about our sponsor, General Assembly. They're an amazing organization with campuses all across the country. You can use our offer code MAKINGWAYS at checkout, and you'll get 15% off any class or workshop. So if you want to learn about design, development, learning how to code, data science, digital marketing, it's all at General Assembly, and you can dip a toe in the water with maybe a new career by trying out one of their classes. We've got a great show today, so let's get to it. Tyler, welcome to the show. Thanks. So glad to have you here. It's so nice to be here. I'd love for you to tell listeners a little bit about what you are up to these days and, and what you're making. I am an animator and I've been doing it for 15 plus years. And lately I've been animating music video experiences in VR. So you are a part of the experience um, as an avatar. You get represented in one of them as like a jiggly noodle armed puppet and in another one you're a three-legged robot with like extendo limbs and your hands turn into cannons and cats come out and they meow at you to the music <laughs> the first one is for old friend which is a future islands song mm -hmm. and then the new one is uh is chocolate yeah by uh, giraffage how can people check out what you've what you've made recently um i think if you if you have, if you happen to have an HTC Vive or an Oculus Rift with the touch controllers, um, you can check out Old Friend or Butts. If you have a, if you have a Gear VR, you can check out uh, Butts. That is the only thing available on mobile. And what's uh, Butts? Butts is a two-minute short film that I made that uh, features two, you know, lovable little cartoon scamps. One of them's anxious, and the other one cheers him up by pulling confetti out of his butt, <laughs> and uh, and they rejoice in this ass-fetti parade. I guess I would call it. Yeah, listeners should understand that all of your VR experiences are immensely joy-filled. Um, they overwhelm all the senses in terms of the music, in terms of the experience, the colors, the lights. It makes sense that uh, the experiences you're describing are pretty. Um, pretty wacky in a really really fun way yeah they're all like the most saturated colors and bright and psychedelic and 
you know, kind of eye candy first, animation heavy first, and then interactive second. But um, the music video ones are definitely like meant to tweak the joy center of the brain and just kind of bombard you with like really happy, fun imagery. Um, and in VR, that translates to that exact feeling in a much more intense way than on a screen. So how did you get started in virtual reality? Um, so I worked at a company here in San Francisco called Double Fine uh, for nine years. And uh, after that, I went to New York for a little while to freelance in advertising. Um, and during that time, made butts as a normal short film uh, they're calling them flatties now in the VR industry. What's a flatty? A flatty is anything that is not uh, virtual reality. Anything on a screen is considered a flatty now. Um, I just heard that term recently. I don't know <laughs> if it's a real term, but I think it's going to catch on maybe. Nice. Yeah, I love, uh, I watch flatties on, you know, Friday night. Yeah, well, I mean, the yeah, every, and, yeah everyone's uh, real excited about flatties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I originally did butts as a flatty. And then um, at that time, two of my old coworkers from Double Fine, Drew and Patrick, uh, they had started a company called Skillman and Hackett, their last names, uh, and they they wanted to do VR, and they were doing rapid prototyping and VR development uh, very early on in in uh, late twenty thirteen, early twenty fourteen, um, and they they asked me for the butts assets so they could make a short film, uh, and I had already like I had already made the assets ready for them coincidentally just because i wanted to learn the software uh, unity is the the game engine software so i already had a working butts version in unity that i sent to them and they hooked up their cool vr rig that they had made uh and they were in san francisco and i was in new york so i couldn't see it but they assured me that it was amazing <laughs> six months later they had been showing it to people and kind of like getting my name around the VR industry. Um, and I was just freelancing in New York. And, and then a friend of mine, he got a DK2, the Oculus dev kit. At that point, I was able to actually check it out in VR. And that was when I had my VR aha moment. So the first time you try VR is, if it's an impactful thing that you try, it's kind of this like light bulb goes off in your head, like, wow, this is what I want to do now. Uh, so I definitely had that moment when I got to see these characters that I had spent so many, so many hours, like just looking at them on a screen, but even just like animating for as long as I have, you kind of, you know, you're, you're looking at these characters and making them come to life on a screen forever. And, and then in this situation, it was like, they were a lot, they were like physical things in front of me. And so I, I, I kind of freaked out as an animator, just thinking like, I can bring things to life and they'll actually be alive and look at me in the eyes. And, and, and so that was the thing I was most excited about at that point and uh, just got started on my next project, which was Old Friend. Were you a, a programmer and, and character designer at Double Fine and then when you moved to New York, what were you doing, what were you doing there? So I started as an animator at Double Fine and, and moved into kind of a character technical director role. So I, I, that means like writing tools that are like for the animators to do animations or, you know, character rigging where you build kind of an armature for a character. As someone that enjoys technical and creative stuff, I was able to like take on difficult problems in Unity 
like with butts, I, I had to make sure that the animations were synced up with the audio. And I was like, oh, there's no way I can figure that out. But I was able to fix it myself, just Googling a few things and figuring it out. And um, that was kind of another aha moment where I was like, wait a minute, I can do all this stuff myself? And like I have all this power and I can just go off and make the whole thing. And so that was that was when I started on Old Friend, kind of with the knowledge that I could that I could kind of learn this new tool and take care of all the programming tasks myself and kind of stay in my weird little bubble and make my weird crap and not really worry about anyone else. And just to rewind, Double Fine makes games. They they make uh, traditionally like platform and PC games, like like PlayStation and and Xbox and and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, Lately, there's you know they do all kinds of formats. I worked on a, a Microsoft Connect game called uh, Happy Action Theater when I was working there toward the end of my time there, and it was just you know kind of multiple formats. And what made you leave San Francisco and Double Fine to head over to New York? Uh, it was just a need of change. Uh, I was with my ex-wife at the time, and she also wanted to try something new and. I, I had to kind of pry myself away from Double Fine. It was like something that I loved really deeply. I, that place was so good to me, and it was like such a wonderful place to spend the first nine years of my career. Um, and but for some reason, I wasn't. It wasn't making me happy. I was unhappy. I didn't know why. And I just it was kind of like, you know, when you're in a situation where you're unhappy, you don't know why. You know, you got to make changes. It's harder than if it's like very obviously something's the problem. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, they were nice about it. Um, and I, I just kind of had to say farewell. So when you got to New York, what were you doing for work there? Um, I was freelancing in the advertising world. So, um, there's a lot of cool production studios there that do, you know, character work and visual effects and motion graphics and that sort of stuff. And I have friends that I went to school with that uh, live in New York that were like, hey, come out, you know, we'll throw your name around. There's plenty of work and the money was good. So it was like, okay, great. I can do this. I mean, my main goal was to make my own stuff, not to work in advertising. Um, And when I got out there, I was really pumped to like work on these really cool short films and music videos that I had seen. Uh, but then I got out there and they're like, what, what are you talking about? There's no money in that. You can't do that. The people that are doing that are like paying their own money to do that. Or they get like $2,000 and it's enough to like buy the crew pizza or something. Uh, so it was a little bit of an eye opener when I arrived and my dream was a little further away than I thought. Um, cause there was so many roadblocks in my life up till then where I was like, I want to make things, but I don't have the resources. And it finally was just this like, just start mentality that got things moving the most. I actually did get advice from a therapist uh, when I was still in San Francisco. This was before I quit my job at Double Fine and went to New York. I, I had these ideas for projects that I really wanted to do that were not video games. Um, and uh, the advice was, you know, like, oh, you've got a lot of reasons why you're not doing this. Like, why don't you just start? And I was like, oh, but I don't have, and they're like, stop saying, but like, just, just get moving, just start and see what happens. Like, you know, there's ways to get around all of these things that you're worried about. And, um, and that was, that was kind of the best advice 
and then mm-hmm. one of those just start experiences was creating butts, and then that opened yeah. all these all these doors for you. Yeah, and I mean that was just kind of all happy accident, you know. It's like I I made this thing that when I was making it was not I didn't intend to even show it to anyone. <laughs> you know, I was making this thing because I was making it for myself, and it was something that every time I started on would make me happy and I would be like doing things and then I'd be like, Hey, what if I push this a little further? And then I'd make myself laugh. And then I was like, okay, whenever I'm giggling at my own work, I know I'm going in the right direction. And then people responded so well to it that I started figuring out, okay, well, if, if I'm making myself laugh or if I'm happy with this, if I'm giggling, then chances are there's going to be a large portion of people that feel the same. Um, and that was really, I mean, I was very like timid about creating my own things. I was very scared to do it. I was really scared of people. I mean, my worst fear was like someone thinking my work sucked. And like, that was like, I was opening this giant sensitive wound and then someone would just be like poking at it with a lemon, sharp lemon stick. Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you can uh, find that. Somewhere. Yeah. That's a lemon. You could fashion lemon it stick, at home. Yeah. 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 So I, uh, I, it was really, like I, I had this very neurotic experience like releasing butts onto Vimeo. Uh, but then it just, you know, it kind of like it went from like zero to a hundred thousand views in you know, a couple of weeks or something. And so it was like, Oh, this is a thing that people are passing around at animation schools and like people are responding to this and I can make this nonsense that makes me laugh and other people want to see it too. Uh, in that sense, I'm, I'm just now being, I'm starting to, like, I had I had my success story with Butts, and then I was moving on to Old Friend, which was, like, a very similar vibe, just really nonsensical animation, like, stretching things in kind of things, ways that defy gravity, but that are funny. Um, and with Chocolate, it was kind of more about eye candy, and I'm kind of branching away from that and trying some new things um, with this kind of reinstilled confidence of the previous projects. Since then, have you have you learned anything from that experience about somehow being more in tune with with where you are in the moment or with where you are in projects or in career? Yeah, you know uh, what I have learned, and actually what I learned from Butts and Old Friend as well. I think Old Friend kind of really was like you know nailed it in uh, this concept that. Uh, making it for myself was more important than making it for other people or making it for expectations of other people. Um, if you, if you're making something that is purely for yourself, uh, chances are it's going to look different than, you know, worrying about how everyone else is going to view it or worrying how it measures up to what other people are doing. Um, I feel like you're going to end up with a much more personal, product that people can or or like art much more personal piece of art that people can uh, really like see yourself in hey guys i want to talk to you about doing something that you love that's right finding something that you love to do in life and making it your career and we've got a sponsor on the show called general assembly and they're all about giving you the tools you need to pursue that career that you'll love. So General Assembly has campuses all across the country. You can take classes and courses in data science, in digital marketing, 
learning how to code, UX design. I've had friends who have gone through the program and really revolutionized their career, going from print designers to UX designers working in mobile and digital and thriving. So I encourage you to go to their website and check it out. You can take courses there nights and weekends if you're in a job, or they've got longer classes that you can take when you're in between jobs or you want to take a break between jobs and really step up your game for the next part of your career. And we've got a really amazing offer from General Assembly for Making Waves listeners. If you want to dip a toe in the water and you want to try out something new there, Use our offer code MAKINGWAYS at checkout and you'll get 15% off any class or workshop you want to try at any General Assembly location. Just go to their website, type in General Assembly in the browser, put a dot before the L-Y, and you'll go right there. Let me know what you think. All right, let's get back to the show. Did you grow up drawing and when did you get into animation? Um, I, yeah, I grew up drawing. I mean, my parents always like to tell the story of when I was four years old and they got me an easel for Christmas and I opened it first cause it was this giant thing and I d- didn't care about my other presents. I was just drawing on the easel for the entire Christmas morning. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I think if I, if I introduce my dad to coworkers or something, he, that's like, Hey, nice to meet you. You know, when Tyler was four, <laughs> I think he did that actually when I was at Double Fine and I brought him in, I just started. They, you know, my parents really pushed on like, you know, creativity and they were like really supportive. I mean, they're like ridiculously supportive were of they artists anything. or creative people? Uh, well, my mom is, yeah. Um, she, she owns her own graphic design business and she's been, she started it the year I was born and she's still doing it. Um, in Walnut wow. Creek. So it is a business as old as I am. So you uh, grew up in the in the Bay Area? Yeah, in the East Bay. So okay. I, I lived in a house in Pleasant Hill. Um, my mom still lives there. And uh, my mom and dad split when I was eight or 10. And uh, my dad lives in the East Bay as well in Alamo. So you so you loved drawing ever since you were four and got that easel. And then so did you keep studying art in school? And when did you start moving more towards kind of computer graphics and animation? Yeah, so my, my older brother, I have two older brothers, and the oldest one, uh, he's really, he was always had computers around, and uh, he's an electrical engineer now, and he was really into having Macs at home. And uh, so we had really early Mac computers, and um, I would just kind of, get video games and computers from him just kind of passed down. He was always around. So um, I, by the time I was a teenager, I started realizing that, okay, I'm good with computers. I remember the moment I saw Toy Story in the theater because I was in Tahoe for some reason. I don't remember why, but I just remember coming out of the theater being like, that need, that's what I'm doing. It was very obvious to me, like that's what I wanted to do. And then, you know, the the years went by and my mom would – by like 3d animation software which at that time was like adobe dimensions and like bryce and uh i i did poser poser number one i tried which was like poser number one and two which was like you get a you get a pre-made model and you can pose it and animate it and with these kind of like simple simple controls and um I, of course, took the naked models and like immediately made them have sex and, <laughs> and uh, as any teenage boy would do. Obviously. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that was early. I, you know, I was doing that when I was 15, 16, but I, I didn't really know what I was doing. And 3D animation is hard. Uh, and so it wasn't until uh, my mom found Expression College in Emeryville, 
she did the searching for me because she she uh you know wanted to keep me nearby for college i guess she's like hey there's a there's a college in florida or there's a college in oakland <laughs> you want to go to the one in oakland right or it's in emeryville but, but yeah so i i was a sophomore in high school and i already knew where i was going uh i was just like i'm doing that all it requires is a ged and like i i just wanted just wanted to animate and i was like I'm, that's what i'm doing so I was 17, graduated high school, went straight into the school, which was a 14-month program. Um, and uh, at that time, it was 14 months. Now it's, I think, three years, and you get a bachelor's. But I got an associate's degree, um, immediately started a double fine. So I, was, I had just turned 19. If there are people out there listening, um, young people who are thinking about college, maybe they love drawing, painting, sculpting, Maybe they've tried a VR experience and they really like it, but it seems really far away from any skill set they have or any maybe access to computers or programming or that kind of education. What kind of advice or guidance would you give to people? I mean, VR is so new. Um, what, what would you say? Um, I mean, right now, all the tools and kind of, kind of the uh, approach like to designing VR is very similar to games. So... If you if you're interested in you know 3D modeling, that's you can do that in VR or not in VR. You know if you wanna if you wanna design your own VR experiences, you know you could go into a game design course. I know that there's uh, VR schools that are starting up right now, but it is honestly so new that it's like you'd be you'd be almost just as well off going to any game design situation. There's like DigiPen is amazing. If you want to learn, you know, if you're an artist and you want to learn art, go learn art and you can do that. You you can do art for, if you're doing traditional art or 3D art, you can do that for movies, video games, or VR. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that VR is just, it's essentially just another form of, you know, games or movies or whatever. It's, it's the same tools, um, just kind of slightly uh, repurposed for the end result. What inspires you to make these experiences? Uh, so I've always loved this kind of art form of just taking, taking music and visualizing it in a really like cohesive way. Uh, it, it ends up like kind of transcending the experience that you have from just listening to it, it like adds an extra element. And so that's why VR is something I'm so excited about. I mean, it's, it's not only taking the, the audio reception and the visual reception, but it's also taking like your inner ear, your balance, your, uh, it's incorporating other sensory systems, uh, and each sensory system that you integrate, like your balance and your, and your facial awareness and tactile sense, if you can get at every single sensory system, it's basically like the most emotionally effective thing you can do. Like the, the brain responds to these things exponentially the more sensory systems that you add. And so the reason you get all excited uh, and this is the only reason I know this is from Melly, by the way. My girlfriend is is really smart, and she works with autistic children as an occupational therapist. And she's explained all this to me. I don't, I didn't know this beforehand, but uh, it it is the way the brain works. All those sensory systems are at the base of a of a pyramid that they call sensory integration theory, and it's part of occupational therapy, where it's the the base brain function, like your vestibular system, which is your balance and your inner ear 
all those things have to be, you know, stable for the higher brain function to, to, uh, do its thing. So, uh, you know, kids with disabilities don't develop properly because, you know, their, their inner ear might be busted or something. And so they'll do these techniques to like soothe their inner ear with like a liker swing. They'll put them in a swing and soothe them and then they can resume their motor function and all of that. Um, so the idea is if you activate these base, uh, sensory systems at the bottom of the brain function pyramid, uh, then it in turn activates the higher brain function and included in the higher brain function is like, like learning and communication. And, uh, for this instance, emotional response. So like the emotional response that you get from listening to a piece of music is one sensory system. So then you add a music video and it's two, and then you add like vestibular, that's three. And then, you know, proprioceptive is four. So like VR is essentially just making experiencing music more amazing and you, you get more emotional response from it uh, being in a, a whole new world and having like all of these other sensory systems integrated. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Well, you're welcome. Tyler, thank you so much for joining the show. It's just been wonderful to have you yeah, here. Yeah, great talking to you. All right, that was the conversation with Tyler Hurd, an incredible virtual reality animator. Tyler, thank you so much for joining the show, for being so open and giving in, sharing your story with us. I learned so much, and I hope you guys feel inspired to get out there and just start and dive into something that's been itching you and something that you really want to try out. You can learn more about Tyler at his website, it's tylerherd.com, that's T-Y-L-E-R-H-U-R-D.com. Thanks to our sponsor, General Assembly. Go to their website, it's just General Assembly in the browser, put a dot before the L-Y. Check out their courses and their workshops. If you want to take a class or a workshop, you can get 15% off using our offer code MAKINGWAYS at checkout. So head over there and let me know what you think. Big thanks to friends and family and supporters and listeners. I'm hearing from more and more of you every week, and it means the world to me. If you're enjoying the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave a review. It's a really powerful way for more people to get turned on to the show. Making Ways is engineered by Jim Heffernan at TTO Productions. Our intro music is by The Sandworms, and we've got some music by Jim Heffernan in the mix there, too. And with each episode, I do an original illustration of our guest, and I write an article that kind of goes beyond the episode to give you some practical insights that you can use in your day-to-day or in whatever creative pursuit you have going right now. And if you want to check out those illustrations and the articles, go over to our website. You can learn more about me there, too. It's makingways.co. And follow us on Twitter. We're at making underscore ways. You can read more of those articles on Medium at medium.com backslash makingways. And we're even on Instagram at making.ways. So lots of ways to connect with us. And uh, I can't wait to hear from you guys. Have a great week. 